On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we recap the first weekend of XFL football, get into some exciting midseason NBA talk, talk about the absolute screw-up job that the MLB is doing, and uh, some Bachelor recap. Let's get into it. Joined as always by Jack Coleman. Jack, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. We missed out on last week. We were at the Duke game. That's right. Awesome game for BC. Uh, we thought we may have had them there. We were in the crowd. That was probably one of the most electric basketball atmospheres that we have had so far at BC in attendance. Uh, it, it's kind of sad we didn't win that one. I thought we had it for a second there. But overall, awesome game. Gives me some hope for the future of BC basketball. And uh, now we get to talk some even more sports since we missed out on the past week and a half or so. Yeah, it was a good week to miss out on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we had an episode post-Super Bowl, correct? Yes, I yeah. believe so. I don't know. Do we? I don't know. Maybe we did. No, we didn't. I don't we didn't. think we did. We didn't. We didn't. So it wasn't a great week to miss out on. And because of we that... Had a, we had a pretty good pre-Super Bowl. I mean, run through Super Bowl real quick. Obviously, uh, Mahomes okay. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, 49ers were good, too. It was a much better Super Bowl than last year. Mahomes is just that guy right now in the NFL. He is that new face of the NFL in terms of the best quarterback, and he proved that in every sense of the word in his gameplay. I thought halftime show was awesome. Shakira and J-Lo, fantastic. And commercials were solid, better than years past. I think overall it was just a really great Super Bowl that had a lot of fun to it. It's not hard to be a better Super Bowl than what we saw uh, last year with the Pats and Rams, 10-3. to 3. I always think it was just 7-3, to 3, but it was low scoring regardless. Um, so, yeah, a much more exciting matchup, and the offense versus defense battle really lived up to the hype. Obviously, there was still excitement on the Niners' side as well, offensively, but um, everyone was here to see how Patrick Mahomes would do in his first ever Super Bowl start, and he lived up to the hype, and now he's got a ring, and... Now we get to watch Jackson Mahomes' TikToks of him celebrating of the victory. So, of course, uh, TikTok popping off, and especially crazy. for Jackson Mahomes, he's capitalizing on the Mahomes dub in the Super Bowl. And Mahomes, I've been saying too, like Mahomes is just, I didn't think he had it in him to be that awesome post-Super Bowl party guy or like post-championship party guy like we saw with guys like Ovechkin mm -hmm. or, you know, the Pats in the years past, like Gronk, just shotgunning beer stuff like that like no Mahomes is that guy he can do that too we saw him celebrating at the Post Malone concert that was incredible I don't know I think Pat Mahomes is the new Super Bowl god and we're going to be getting a lot more of him in the future like I've been saying Aaron Rodgers 2.0 and that 2.0 I think stands for him having some more Super Bowl appearances in the future um yeah I agree with you there for sure I will say, though, I was rooting for the 49ers. I mean, I was rooting for a good game, but I was rooting for the 49ers, and I was a bit disappointed in how their offense looked out there as a whole. Um, I don't feel like it was on Jimmy G or anything. I mean, they were winning. You know, it was another Kyle Shanahan choke, and I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan really more than anyone because I don't really think that's on him for the two Super Bowl losses and you know, two very big comebacks, obviously. Pats versus Falcons is the other game that I'm referring to. Um... Yeah, I, I just think that's disappointing for him, but, uh, you know, he also has a great season to be proud of, and Jimmy G had a great year as well, despite having a limited role, you know, in that offense that's so run heavy. I think there's a lot to look forward to from the Niners as well, but I don't think it's a hot take. I don't actually think they'll make the Super Bowl anytime soon. I think this was their one shot at the title. We'll see them a lot in the playoffs down the road. But they're going to have to bring in someone big. They're going to have to find a new defensive centerpiece, you know, with Richard Sherman just getting older. And he got burnt at the end of uh, that last game, or this, this last Super Bowl, excuse me. But obviously Nick Bosa's on that defense. It, I mean, that defense was arguably the best in the league. So there's a lot to uh, be happy with as a Niners fan, but at the same time, so close, but uh, so far away with Kyle Shanahan at the helm. So it was a good game, like you said, and uh, fun to watch. A lot more enjoyable than last year's, but I guess that does cover it. I mean, if I, I didn't even think that we didn't have a Super Bowl episode yet. Otherwise, I'd have quotes for it, but this covers that. And it's old news at this point, so we do have, you know, more current quotes and news and stats and whatnot to get to you. So 
Jack, if you want to, you can lead off with your first quote of the day. Definitely. I'm going to lead off with an XFL quote because we had a big first XFL weekend. Following the Super Bowl, we got more football, right? Here the following weekend, or right, it was the following weekend. We already yeah, got hit with XFL. Yeah, yeah. So great planning by them. Shout out to Vince McMahon for bringing out even more football. And we'll talk more about it after the quote. But mm. so this is like, there was a GIF attached to this. And the tweet to it was, me on the train down to D.C. next weekend after finding out it's rivalry week against the vile blank. And fill in that blank with a team name. Um... Just hit me with it one more time. I think I've got it. Me on the train down to D.C. next weekend after finding out it's rivalry weekend against the vile blank. Okay. Wait, okay, okay. Rivalry weekend against the vile blank. Down to D.C. So I think it's coming from, you know, the perspective of a different team, different player. There's only one player that really sticks out to me. Uh, It's a shot in the dark, but we are rooting for the New York Guardians here. I'm going to go with Guardians quarterback Matt McGloin talking about the matchup against the D.C. Defenders. So, you you have the two teams right. Right, The blank at the end is the Guardians. Wait, what? It's me on the train down to D.C. next weekend. So, it's a bit of a PFT. It's PFT. That was my other thought when I heard D.C. Interesting. So it's PFT. I'll I mean, take a half you can take a half full. I, I didn't even know if I wanted to ask <laughs> you about the PFT part of that because it's kind of hard. But I just like this aspect of yeah. it. There, this was kind of one of the better quotes I found from the weekend. Definitely. Just because PFT is kind of heavily involved in the XFL <laughs> because of his tryout as a kicker for the defenders. Right. But that's right. We officially on this podcast are endorsing the New York Guardians. For it sure. seems right. You know us as New York fans. There's only one New York XFL team, and we had to lock in on them. And honestly, I think it was a good choice after this first opening weekend. Blew out. Who did they play? The, the Vipers. Vipers. The Tampa Bay 23-3? Uh, 27-3? Around there. They might have scored a garbage time touchdown. Mm. But regar- I actually don't know. Regardless, it was a great defensive battle, uh, or defensive performance, rather, from the Guardians. And, uh, yeah, they scored on a pick. What did they do? I think they forced so many turnovers that they played short field so Mm. often that literally the Vipers had double the yards that the Guardians had. But it didn't matter because they played a bend-don't-break defense. And then Matt McGloin was scoring touchdowns on the other end, even running it in for the first ever uh, New York Guardians touchdown, a QB Mm. sneak by McGloin. I I mean, I'm excited as a Guardians fan. It's, It's more football, obviously, as New York fans who... You know, had a, had a tough down year for the Giants once again. And while we're sticking with that rebuild, at the same time, we get to watch a team that seems like they're going to win now in this, you know, smaller league. Definitely don't know all the players yet. We're not sure what to expect. There's a couple I know already for sure. We have a tall wide receiver named Mikhail McKay, who played in the AAF last year and looks really good for, I believe, the San Antonio Commanders. And he had a crazy diving catch. It wasn't a touchdown, very close, uh, but a crazy highlight play. For our Guardians, and uh, McGloin, you know, scored another touchdown after that. I, I was just very impressed as a whole by the team we've got here. And they were, you know, they're like third or fourth best odds to win the uh, in- entire league. But at the same time, for some reason, they were set at an over-under of four and a half wins this year. And my roommate Colin and I were like, we have to take the over on that just to root for the team and be more invested. And as a, you know... As it's gone one week through, we, we look pretty good. So uh, I, I'm definitely excited. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely think that the Guardians are a team that I think could be very good. I think that this weekend against the Defenders, another team who was apparently very good, and we watched the Defenders play, and they were a solid program. I think it's going to be a really tough, tougher matchup, and it's going to show the true nature of this uh, Guardians team. Mm-hmm. But... I want to just talk about the XFL now in general. I think it kind of died down over the course of the weekend. Like, it started really strong. It was well, cool. Of course. I mean, it was, I mean football is it, back. It was good. Like, football's back, yeah. 100%. Um, but it is just that lower... Qual- I, I don't think we need to be watching the XFL for the quality of football we're watching, uh-huh. but for some of the new rulings or technology being introduced in the actual game itself. I mean, back when Monday Night Football was first a thing, that was when they introduced, you know, instant replay cameras and stuff like that into the game, which eventually permeated into the actual game of football um, all, all across the weekend. So I think the XFL can introduce some of these new rules to football as we go on, uh, maybe even like the 
well, not even just rules, but just some of like the locker room camera stuff. Yeah. The live in-game interviews and stuff like that. that. Those are still so crazy. They sound, they seem so awkward, you know, in the moment when a kicker misses a field goal and then has to be interviewed directly after. It's things like that that shock me, but at the same time, it, yeah, like you're saying, it could be the future of football and broadcasting in general. Um, I agree with you though that I think this should be a testing ground for the NFL, you know, to see does this new kickoff um, routine work to keep uh, returners safe and, and the players rushing down the field now are only, you know, 10 yards away from the other blocker. So it actually, I think it's only five yards away. So there's no sprinting head start. You're just trying to work through as if you were off the snap of a regular play. I think that's so much safer for all the players involved. And, you know, the XFL, when you think XFL, you think of the original league back in 2000, you think extreme, you know, it's the first word of that league's name. You're expecting, you know, to be everything the NFL isn't in that maybe we'll see some crazy hits and no penalties and, you know, people don't care about their health and safety, but that's not true. This really is a league that's trying to, I wouldn't say compete with the NFL, but give us similar games and similar style to the NFL with just rules that they think make the game better as a whole, you know, and I, I really enjoy that. When I did see a roughing, not a roughing, an unnecessary roughness penalty come in uh, for the first time while watching XFL, I was kind of shocked. You know, I thought that those didn't exist, but they do, and I'm happy for the players at least with that, but... Yeah, it, I mean, I think the XFL has less drama than the first time around. It doesn't seem as much WWE-ish, right. more like AAF-ish mixed with that better level of football. Yeah. I think that's why Matt McGloin, a quarterback, has been kind of fun because he's one of those more tendered guys who had been in the league for a while, uh, you know, played his own handful of games that were actually yeah. pretty decent, and when he gets out on that XFL field, it's, you know, he has that upper hand on the competition. No question. And I think that he's a really solid guy to have at quarterback. Yeah. So overall, I'm a huge fan of the XFL. I think it's going to be exciting. Guardians are awesome. I think that the mascot of being a gargoyle and being the guardian of like the city and the yeah, buildings and everything is dope. really cool that's one of the better mascots i think in any sports team i think that's super fun unique and really really cool and it makes the helmets look sick oh it makes them awesome yeah so i i agree with you there um but yeah when are you gonna get your matt mcgloin jersey i don't know i don't know i don't i want to see if this league can hold out right and i mean either way it's kind of yeah yeah it's kind of a very cool collector's, kind of a cool item. collector's item. Uh, but let's see. Let's see how legit this keeps going. It, it sales and revenue revenue from the XFL in that first weekend already surpassed the AAF. So I think we'll the be all right. AAF, right. The entire yeah. AAF, yeah. yeah. So I think that you know we're gonna have a good run here, and hopefully it can last for a while. Maybe we'll see some talent from the XFL actually go up to the NFL more so than the AAF. There's a specific period in the off season where XFL players become eligible to sign with NFL teams. So yeah. it feels like a feeder league or could become a feeder league if the quality of play actually does stand up, you know, comparably to the NFL. So that's a definite possibility. I'm, you know, excited for that aspect to see if guys like Mikhail McKay and maybe even Matt McGloin can, you know, get back or for the first time get into the NFL and see what impact they can make on the biggest stage. But really excited. Um, yeah, so I'll take... Oh, actually, I was going to say, I think the stat is actually that the XFL outsold the AAF before the first game even kicked off. I think it was pre-sales had already, you know, exceeded what the AAF ever made. So it's really impressive. That's the Vince McMahon effect for sure and all the hype that's been built up. All the TV deals with ESPN, Fox, ABC, it's awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to go to my first NBA quote. Um, since that's the sport that's currently still in the heat of the regular season and um, obviously, a lot just happened recently as we head into the All-Star break in just a couple days. So, you just got to tell me who said this and, in general, what it's about. Um, you go through things like this and not realize how surreal it is. Once I got off the plane, I felt the love. It felt like home right away. Can you say that again? You go through things like this and not realize how surreal it is. Once I got off the plane, I felt the love. It oh, felt definitely. Like home gotcha, right gotcha. Away. It's D'Lo heading out to the Timberwolves and teaming up with Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, it is. So my guy, my I can't decide whether he or uh, Vince Carter is my number one favorite player in the league, but I'll say my top two players in the league, uh, 
D'Lo is heading out to Minnesota, like you said, traded away from Golden State in exchange for Andrew Wiggins and some draft capital as well. And I think this is going to be a really solid fit for him and a great fit for Minnesota as well because Carl Anthony Towns has been looking for, you know, a different, another star, really, because I don't believe that Andrew Wiggins ever, you know, lived up to the star potential that he had when he was drafted first overall by the Cavaliers, traded to Minnesota for Kevin Love. I mean, that's a lot of expectations to be put on a guy in just his first couple of years. Um, And he didn't live up to it. Meanwhile, D'Angelo Russell took a Brooklyn Nets team, you know, that I saw firsthand, and became an all-star and brought them to the playoffs. So this is a guy who I know can play very well. I mean, he was playing well with the Warriors, not doing the same thing, but obviously had a lot less talent with him this season with Steph Hurt, Clay Hurt, and Draymond just falling off, I think. I don't think he's in his prime anymore. But regardless, um, the Warriors still just didn't see Russell as a good fit for their core. And even though they did want to try him with Steph Curry, see how the two would play together, they'd rather you know, capitalize on the Timberwolves bidding um, and how desperately they wanted a star now so that they could try to keep Carl Anthony Towns with him. And boom, this is what we get. They just played the Raptors last night, and while they lost, they gave them a very good battle. And this was on the road in Toronto against the hottest team in the league right now. They, you know, the Raptors just won their 15th straight. So, honestly, it was a great first game, in my opinion. D'Lo did have the game's worst plus-minus, which isn't obviously on him, but it was like negative 20 or 22. He scored 22 of his own points, but I want to ask you, from a basketball uh, perspective, do you think these two will coexist well because obviously they're friends off the court and I feel like their play styles should mesh but what do you think? I think that they mesh perfectly I think this is the first time that Carl Anthony Towns is finally getting a true point guard that can play alongside him it's a good addition to make Towns really consider staying in Minnesota I really don't think he even considers leaving now because Minnesota got this deal done for him that's good on their part Um, I really think that overall it works I think a. Wiggins wasn't working out there either. I think he actually could work out well with the Warriors. Yeah, I think it's a perfect situation for him to land in and kind of refine himself, that good player that he once was. Uh, but in terms of Minnesota, this is a fantastic move. And I think going forward, you don't want to lose a talent like Towns. And now that you have D'Lo, D'Lo finally getting to a spot where he is fully wanted, fully able to shine as a star point guard, I think it's perfect. I think the team does really, really well with them together now. Yeah, totally agree there. Um, obviously, another benefit of just having D'Angelo Russell on this team is he's a guy that can also lead the scoring. You know, he is a point guard. He's a great passer, but he's mostly known right now for his great shooting from beyond the arc. And so is Towns, to be fair. But you can't rely on just one player to you know lead your team in scoring and carry the load every single game. Uh, they're going to get worn out. There's 82 games in this regular season, and even the best of teams like to rest their players. So I am I think the best benefit here, other than the fact that Towns not only gets a star, but a player that he had been begging to play with, and someone who, you know, he was taking pictures with at the NBA draft. They were friends before, you know, they entered the league, and now they'll be teammates together, and I think they'll mesh really well, like you said. Um, but, yeah, I think D'Lo will allow the Timberwolves to have multiple scoring options that, you know, they can really rely on as opposed to giving it to a guy like Wiggins who never found his way as the true number one on a team. So I'm excited. I've officially adopted the Timberwolves as my Western Conference team. You know, I know we talked about this. If yeah, you want Pelicans to announce guy. Yours, Pelicans we guy. Uh, we got Zion, Lonzo. Ingram's heating up now, too. I always kind of liked Ingram. I'm a huge Lonzo guy, and Zion's cool. I'm, I've am i been a LeBron fan, and the fact that Zion Williamson plays a lot like him, has been hyped up as much as him, I'm all for it. That's got to be a lock on my Western Conference team. There you go. I do like that the Lakers have this Team of Destiny vibe this year, post-Kobe Bryant passing. Again, I've been a LeBron fan. I like Anthony Davis. I would like for that team to maybe win it out this year. I think it's the perfect timing for them to do so. Out west, um, with the Warriors not you know, playing as well, the Rockets are kind of struggling here and there, I really think that it could be the Lakers' year for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know we were getting straight into NBA predictions there because I'll throw the Bucks' name in the hat. And the Raptors yeah. also no, have Bucks a chance at going. Sure. You know, Even though I thought the Raptors had no chance without Kawhi, they're proving me wrong once again. So Even they, the Clippers, too, in the playoffs oh, run, yeah. you, know, you can't doubt Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. It's going to be a really fun 
postseason. Super fun. I think you got teams the, like the Celtics and the Sixers in there who yeah. are fun. I mean, some issues going on with the Sixers. I'm right sure now. we'll get to that. But, yeah. Uh, um, I, honestly, this has to be the most uh, parody that the NBA has had in a very long time because you can even look all the way down to, you know, of course I'm going to mention the Nets at the seven seed, who I saw today on the jump. They were saying, uh, based on Spencer Dinwiddie's play in the clutch, do you worry about, you know, a full-strength Nets team this year? Because KD's shown so much progress. And while I don't have a quote, I'm not going to get into that too much. I actually don't think KD should come back this year. I agree. Rather him I, if I'm you guys, I don't want to rush on that. Right. This isn't the year. I think having Kyrie is enough to yeah. get you in a playoff position where you can fight for They're it. They're pretty comfortable right now. Exactly. Seat, so so yeah. I'm fine with that. No need to rush KD. You Agreed. want him long term. You want this team to be fully perfect so that you have a true chance against the Bucks. Take them down. Get to the finals. Play a team like the Warriors or LeBron and the yeah. Lakers and see where things go. Exactly. So, But even still, you know, to even consider the seventh seed as a potential, um, you know, legitimate contender, which I don't think the Nets are without Kyrie and KD, but even still to talk about them like that, and that's in the East. You know, the West has a loaded conference as yeah. well, usually more so than the East, where, look, Brooklyn has a losing record, and you can still say, well, you know, if they get their stars back, they have a chance too. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be an unpredictable uh, postseason. Though, to be fair, I also think the Bucks are finally going to take one. I, I think L.A., you know, Team of Destiny vibe with the Kobe passing, and then obviously LeBron and AD is a crazy duo. But Giannis is playing even better than he did last year when he won his first MVP. That's, so that's true, but a lot. You, you and he's now a new dad, and we've seen what Fred Van Vliet as a new but father. You're able, for his game. In this matchup, you're able to have LeBron yeah. on Giannis, Giannis vice versa on LeBron, and yet you still have to worry about Anthony Davis. I think that's that's a really scary threat. Also, LeBron is the type of guy that can bring guys to his team, whether it's out of retirement or yeah. out of not playing, like a guy like Deion Waiters yeah. can come back. Again, it's Deion Waiters, nothing That'd great. Be a funny but one, a yeah. good piece to bring in. They've also talked about maybe bringing in J.R. Smith, who's been matched up with LeBron. You know, <laughs> Hey, I mean, like getting J.R. Smith in a playoff I series and shooting but some yeah. threes, you never know what can happen. As I long really as he doesn't think, forget the score. Yeah. yeah, then we're good. And you know, Kuzma's a weird fit in there, but hey, it's Kyle Kuzma. He's still a solid three option on yeah. that team. Yeah. No, there's a lot of solid third options on that team, in my opinion. And what if Demarcus Cousins finally gets healthy? I think that's a long shot as well. But he's already on the team. You know, he's just as, you know, possible of a contributor as a J.R. Smith might be, or Dion Waiters, or any of those. But I will say to the Bucks side, Chris Middleton as well. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, um, I'm blanking on a couple more, but I just watched them play without Giannis because, again, he did just have his first kid, uh, already being linked to the Knicks in 2039. We'll see how that goes. But uh, for right now, Giannis sits out, at, or wasn't even at the game, obviously, and the Bucks still beat the Kings uh, without their number one player. So this is not a team that's being carried by an MVP, you know, a la the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016-17 when... LeBron was doing it all on his own, but I'm I'm excited to see hopefully the Bucks and Lakers in the play, in the finals because I think that has the most intrigue out of any matchup. But one more time to our point, you really don't know if if either of those teams are even gonna make it, despite them being the heavy favorites right now to do so. So yeah, very excited for that. But we still have the All Star break to get through. We uh, still have a couple more months of NBA uh, regular season basketball. So, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. Do you have a pick for um, maybe the dunk contest or the three-point contest? Any, anyone there? Um, three-point – there was someone in the three-point that I was super intrigued Maybe about. like Trey Young? Oh, yeah, but was there someone else? I'll take a look. Who else is in it? I mean, maybe I know, I'm thinking of Trey Young. I, I maybe I want Trey Young. To my win man, that. Joe Harris is defending. I know Joe title. Harris is coming back. Yeah. I think it may be Trey Young's year to win that. I think it so feels too. like it. Yeah. It feels like Trey Young won't really be able to win anything else, and I think that that would be a crazy year this for year. For sure, so, yeah. I, d- I think that this is like a good opportunity for him to get a dub. All right, the full list from left to right in this picture here is Trey Young, uh, Devontae Graham of the Hornets, who's mm. had a great year. Uh, Joe Harris, Damian Lillard, mm. definitely a good pick there. Zach Levine, interesting. Uh, I don't think he makes it past yeah, the first round. No. Duncan Robinson's been a three-point specialist for the Heat. He's been good this year. Buddy Heald, mm. maybe that's the one, and then. Uh, Davis Bertans on the uh, Wizards has been a wet three-point shooter. But I'm, I'm going to lock in Trey Young. All right. I'm going to lock that in. It doesn't seem to be that, like, star guy ever, really. Yeah. But uh, 
I think I'm gonna lock in Trey Young. Similarly, um, even though I'll be rooting for Joe Harris, uh, my pick is Damian Lillard. Mm. Um, I like Buddy Heald's chances, Devontae Graham's. I mean, that's a good. That's uh, a good. That's a fun three point yeah, matchup. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I, I remember getting super excited when Joe Harris won last yeah. year. Uh, so it is fun to watch, but then dunk contest. Dunk contest, I think I'm going to ride with... So there's a couple things that can happen here. I think uh, either Aaron Gordon has a flashback slam dunk performance where he actually takes it this time, yeah, a little say. revenge. Yeah. I think, or we get Didn't a little... did he win, but everyone thought Levine should have won? No, it was the other way around. I think Levine won, everyone thought Aaron Gordon should have won. Really? Yeah, I'm almost positive. I'll check for because you. Because Aaron Gordon had the really cool dunk off the Magic. Um, wow, you're right. Yeah. What? Okay. The Magic mascot. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah. I thought that was the best one. But like, exactly. Everyone thinks that is the best one, yet Zach Levine won that one. Oh, so it was kind of rough. I've had it backwards this whole time. All right, so I'm rooting for it. I but. think Aaron Gordon should maybe win. Um, also, oh. interesting storyline, maybe Zach Levine wins three-point and has a slam dunk contest under his belt, too. Wow. That'd be kind of cool. But... I think How many Aaron Gordon think have ever done that. I think Aaron Gordon, I have no idea, but I think Aaron Gordon could have a, you know, revenge game type dunk contest. Or I think we get flashback Dwight Howard. I think that's fun. That could be something cool. Or my my real pick though, I think I'm locking in Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, I, I think mean, I'm locking him in. I would But uh, we got Joe's boy Pat Connaughton. Crazy vertical. Who also could tear it up. I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna pull. They, all four of them, you know, have the have the ability, you know, to make this a really fun dunk contest. I don't know what to expect from an older Dwight Howard. I don't think he can pull out the Superman dunk, but I will predict that he does try to bring the Superman cape back, especially if he makes it to the second round. But I'm thinking it's Gordon versus Jones in the uh, finals. Derek Jones, had, like, I remember rooting for Derek Jones last time because he, at the time, was just a G-leaguer. I think this was two years ago. And he was still such a viral dunker, you know, on Instagram and on everything, that he got the chance to uh, participate in the dunk contest despite being called up, like, a week or two prior by the Suns. And I think he just was not ready for, you know, all the pressure of performing in front of such a large crowd and just wasn't able to get it done then. I think he'll be much more adjusted now playing on a team like the Heat that, you know, are playoff contenders, and he's been a big part of that. So... Yeah, I'll take Derek Jones in the finals, um, but I don't know whether to take him or Aaron Gordon as the winner. Yeah. I think Aaron Gordon, like you said, is out for revenge, excuse me, and will take it. I'll lock in Aaron Gordon, but Derek Jones, definitely watch out, like you said. Um, okay, to answer my question, no player has ever won both the slam dunk contest and the three-point contest Ooh, in their career, Okay. but Zach Levine chasing history. There's the an article Low-key makes me root for Zach Levine now. I yeah, think that's kind of cool. That is very cool. I don't know if I want him to win, <laughs> but it's it's cool regardless. Maybe he has another controversial, you know, like wins by only a, like yeah, one shot, or maybe they, over, they say uh, another player didn't get a shot off in time. We'll see. I, I think there should be some intrigue in that one for sure, but... Are we on to yours now? Yeah, I have an yeah. NBA quote as well, so we'll keep it rolling. Uh, here we go. It's an easy call. Three referees out there, and they don't call that. I don't want to see no report about, oh, we should have called it or none of that. It cost us a game. We're going to play off race, and it cost us a game. This is my three-point contest pick to win, Damian Lillard, about the missed goaltending call that I was watching live, actually. Mm. I picked a random game to uh, just throw on the TV while I was chilling in the common room, I think, by myself with somebody. And I watched that entire fourth quarter. The Jazz are really fun to watch, but obviously so is Damian Lillard when he's hitting crazy threes in the fourth quarter and pretty much doing it all himself. He has been incredible this year. Uh, definite MVP candidate in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, he goes for a layup at the buzzer pretty much, and Rudy Gobert gets there just a second late, and it was clearly goaltending blocked off or after it had hit the backboard, but that was missed by, like Damian said, three different referees. So really frustrating. Uh, I think we'll see the Trailblazers in the playoffs for sure. Um, but it's a good point that every game counts at this point, especially when you're in the Western Conference. And to be robbed of a win on the road, you know, against one of the best defensive teams in the league, if not one of the best teams in the league, another team that we should mention in the finals hunt, honestly, is the Jazz. I, I wouldn't be shocked if with their defensive capabilities and then Donovan Mitchell's excitement on offense – they could have a shot against the LA teams. It's not crazy. Yeah. I think obviously I picked the Lakers and Clippers over them, 
But I, I would be interested in that series as well, and that's why I'm so excited about the playoffs. Definitely. But, I mean, yeah. Dame always turns up in the playoffs anyway. That's it's a good always point. Always same time. Yeah. He always hits those shots. I can already in my head picture at least three of those that I've watched live where he's the first just one's nailed The Paul George it. one. Paul George yeah. one, I remember. Uh, what was the other? There was another one that he... Uh, did he play the... I don't. Uh, maybe it was against the Rockets. Maybe yeah. he played the Rockets. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. Yeah, I always forget that. Crazy. You know, they like he has that capability to take over by himself. We've always said this. I wish CJ McCollum wasn't his second half. You know, of that duo. I wish it was someone. Who do you think would do better if we switched uh, Bradley Beal and CJ McCollum? Oh my goodness! Um, just because of size alone. Oh, no question that Trailblazers team would yeah. be. Finals, you know, legitimate. Yeah. You know, well, I always, I always feel compelled to compare Dame, yeah, CJ, course. John Wall, and uh, Bradley Beal because it just it's those that team with awesome backcourts. They really are great, but it just never works out in their favor for the long. And honestly, the Trailblazers more so than the Wizards have done exceedingly better. Right. Like you said, making the finals, they've also had better teams. You know, that's, around yeah, them. that's fair. Yeah. Um, and better health, too, because of John Wall. Yeah. But in regard to Dame, I bring him up not because of the Trailblazers, but a lot of talk has been said in the past couple of days about whether or not Damian Lillard is having an MVP caliber season. He is. Yeah. He really is. But people like um, Max Kellerman have said that you have to be in a, a playoff team in order to be considered an MVP. Uh-huh. Which the Trailblazers are struggling to be right now. Are they actually? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, that that was his whole reason for the point. Right. Um, and then outside that, oh yeah, okay. I saw something else about who would you rather have or who was better, prime MVP season D Rose or Damian Lillard this season. Wow, it's oh, a super wow. tough. One. That's really tough because on one hand, it's tough to argue against a guy who actually won the MVP. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the you know caliber of years that all these guys are having right now, yeah. Lillard would win the MVP in mm-hmm. a year like 2011. Yeah. Like he is going up against some greats like Giannis and Harden and even LeBron. You know, it, there's a tremendous amount of competition compared to, in my opinion, what D Rose went up against. I'd be interested in looking at the numbers. Maybe I'll pull it up in a second, but. Hot take, maybe. Dan's going to hate me for this. I'd probably be taking Damian Lillard. I'm this torn. Is, I'm really torn. And no, like, keep injuries out of this. Like, this isn't who you're building a team around. It's just, like, instead it's who do you want for one game, maybe. Yeah. You know? and I, I mean, one game, I think I'm taking Damian Lillard. Yeah. Especially yeah. if he's taking the last shot. Like, he's, he, uh, I don't remember the Bulls ever making the Eastern Conference Finals. I could be wrong. But I'd also say that D Rose had a pretty solid team around him. Definitely comparable to what Lillard had last year. But I mean, Damian's hands down best point guard in the league this season. Yeah. If you think about it, like Steph is out. Kyrie's been injured a lot. Mm-hmm. Westbrook has not been no, Westbrook ideal. Has not been better. Uh, so we're kind of left with Damian Lillard. Yeah. And he's kind of that guy. I, I think, think he so. is that guy at, at the point guard spot this year. Yeah. And then also to your point, they are two and a half games out of the playoffs right now behind the Grizzlies, who John okay. Morant has not been the best point guard, but definitely you know, best heading up there. Definitely, definitely the best, best rookie. rookie. Yeah. And I, I say that with a grain of salt because while the Knicks have been doing bad, R.J. Barrett has had a phenomenal first year. Definitely. And he's still technically in rookie of the year conversation. Yeah. I mean, we can see how the rest of the year goes. It'll be a Obviously, Ja has had a bigger impact because yeah. the Grizzlies are doing so much better. But again... Grizzlies are a team that have some guys on that squad that are much better players than the Knicks have right now. So yeah. you can compare it however which way you want. Zion has also been incredible since he's been back, really. Yeah. Uh, I love the Lonzo-Zion pairing. It just works exactly the way that I wanted it to. But what about this point? Do you think that you have to be in the playoffs to be an MVP? Um, huh. Yeah, I, I, I do think so, but I'm trying to you know, set a line on where I believe you have to be to be an MVP. Because, look, if, if you're the on the worst team in the league and you have, you know, the bet, the most points per game, the most rebounds, whatever, you're just a stat patter. You're, you're not contributing. You're not the most valuable player. You could have the most stat. You could be the leading scorer of the league, but there are definite differences there. And I think in Damian Lillard's case, he is a valuable, if not the most valuable player, uh, I, I wouldn't vote him personally, but I would put him up there as a finalist, even if the Trailblazers are in ninth. Um, it's it's obviously a tougher case than if the Blazers were down at like 12th or 13th in the conference. But even still, 
I might actually agree with this in that I wouldn't want to see Lillard win if his team doesn't make the playoffs. I think if he is able to bring the Blazers to the eighth seed or maybe the seventh, then he definitely has a point, especially with how great he's been statistically and, you know, just passing the eye test this year. But if they finish behind, you know, a team that's being led by a rookie point guard, then you're not the most valuable player. In fact, you could argue John Moran had a better year, which, again, obviously it comes down to statistics. It's an individual award, sure, but you have to think about the team performance as well, you know, while weighing that. Yeah, and then my last question here is, when do you think Damian Lillard leaves the team? Okay, that's oof. Um, I'd have to look at his contract situation. because Yeah, he I kind of forget where he is in regards to that. He does not seem like a guy who ever forces his way out via trade. I just think Lillard is... I think he's a, I think if his contract is up and he's getting legitimate options from... Oh, then he's gone. Playoff contention teams that... Yeah. Not even playoff contention teams, because he was on a team yeah. that got to the Western Conference Finals. I think he would need to be the guy on a team that is insured... To essentially be a super team. Yeah, but I think he just recently re-signed, like, this past summer. So that means he would have signed a max and would have five years left on his deal, or four. Um, I'm just looking now at his numbers to compare him to D-Rose, because I really want to see that. But um, if that's true, and if he is locked up for the next five years, then maybe he does force a trade in two seasons especially if they miss the playoffs here and are on the way to missing it next year, then maybe the rumors start coming out and then that following off season, it starts to get a little more legitimate. But again, it's like, he's not, he's not a toxic guy in my opinion, but look, he's 29. He's going to be 30 next year. And there's only so much longer of a window for him to win a championship. So in my opinion, it's not a toxic move. If after what, you know, nine seasons, it'll have been with Portland you decide I can't win here. I don't think it's possible with the team around me. I have to find my way out and go elsewhere. But again, yeah. it's so hard to trade a guy who's making like $40 million a year. So a lot of factors there. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see. I would Definitely. love to see where he'd end up. I think the league has made it almost easier to trade these high-profile guys. And it's just added for so much more intrigue and headlines and interest, really, from all the fans the Woj bombs coming left and right. So I've actually been excited with the constant switching of teams between players, especially as a guy who just benefited from it past the past offseason. But again, I don't expect to have Kyrie and KD in four years. You know, I think they'll probably sign elsewhere. That's just how it's become as a league. Uh, before my next quote, D-Rose had 25 points, 7.7 assists, and four rebounds in his MVP season, compared to 30 points per game, eight assists, four rebounds, from 4.3 from Damian Lillard. So all, right. all three mean, stats, Lillard is slightly, if not more, um, better than yeah. D-Rose. Looking at the percentages, effective field goal percentage. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Damian uh, Lillard, excuse me, is having a career year there. I believe that's it weighs three-point percentage more than two, okay. if that's the stat I'm thinking of. His is 56%. He's shooting 52% from two and um 40% from three. Pretty solid considering he shot 10 yeah. three-pointers per game. Wow. And then meanwhile, the uh, EFG, or you know efficient field goal percentage, of uh, D-Rose's MVP season, only 48.5. So there's a huge gap there. An incredible gap. And obviously that could just be the difference of play style in the eight years between those two seasons. But I- I'm sticking with the Damian Lillard pick. I think if you put that season into 2011... D-Rose is not an MVP, but again, D-Rose made the playoffs, and if Damian Lillard didn't, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to save that for another day, but I'm going to keep the NBA talk on All right. with another big quote from this past week in basketball. Um, okay, I have two to choose from here. It'll be pretty obvious regardless. I'm going to go with the second option. I know a place where villains are welcome. Mm, that is Jimmy Butler to Joel Embiid on his Instagram post following their matchup against the Heat. Yeah, indeed it is, because uh, Joel Embiid's uh, caption, my other option here, was you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Mm-hmm. And was that targeted at Jimmy Butler? I don't think so. Shut I think up. it was more... Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah, Dark Knight. yeah, yeah. But it seems like this is more about Embiid not Jimmy being... Jimmy Butler also wore the mask. Um, Batman mask. Yeah, so mask. it could really... No, no, no. It, it could really be about Butler, but at the same time, people were thinking... 
Maybe this means Embiid wants a trade. And then tonight, after the cryptic social media posts yesterday, Philly fans booed Joel Embiid in his introduction. In, in typical Philly fashion, I won't criticize them here. I know they are very vocal to their players, you know, regardless of what's happened in the past, just going off of you know, the last reaction. So if they're not happy with the social media post, they're going to let him know regardless. But Embiid did put all love as his location on the picture. Is that about his all love with Butler, all love with the Philly fans? You, you really don't know. He's making us guess. What's your interpretation of all this? Well, I think Philly fans are kind of screwing themselves over in this situation. You have two great talents in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and the media is feeding it so that we're getting this anti-Bill, or <laughs> Ben Simmons, I almost right. said Bill Simmons, <laughs> Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, ben Simmons versus Joel Embiid uh, narrative, and people are feeding off it. Obviously, players are feeding off it because Embiid is bothered by it. He is the true star of this team. He's probably the best, if not one of the best centers in the league. You don't want to lose a talent like that, just like you don't want to lose Carl Anthony Towns. So mm-hmm. I think what should have been... Again, part of me thinks that this was something bound to happen because Ben Simmons is a star. He's a one-of-a-kind type of point guard where he's a huge LeBron-type build player and plays like LeBron, but he's at the point guard position, and he's the type of guy that can completely take over a game. And because Joel Embiid gets either injured or uh, is not in peak physical form to be playing a full 82-game season, you're going to see more Ben Simmons. You're going to see the team do well with Ben Simmons at the helm and no other supporters there. So right now, I think the Sixers kind of did it to themselves by having this situation, by not getting on Joel Embiid to play healthy, by not stopping this media from happening. I didn't hear a single comment from Simmons or the organization about anything going on between the two. I think we needed to know that everything is right. So now that fans are booing him, it's further fuel for him to leave the team. And uh, even Stephen A. Smith today had said that Joel Embiid has not been happy with the Sixers since Jimmy Butler left. He does not seem happy. Uh, they showed clips today on the jump uh, where he just was, you know, complaining, arms up, you know, during a play where he wanted the ball. I don't even think he specifically wanted the ball pass himself. I think he saw someone open, was frustrated that frustrated, excuse me, that Simmons didn't see him open and didn't make the pass. So instead, Embiid's just standing there on the perimeter, hands in the air, doesn't move to his position, instead just kind of stops play there and lets the next couple seconds run out where they, you know, end up losing the ball or taking a bad shot and they don't have their center there to try to save the play in the post. So, you know, on one hand, I think this is Embiid's own attitude. And, you know, a little bit of laziness. I don't think he's ever really, truly played at 100%. And and especially with his injury concerns, but also he's never, or not since last year maybe, hasn't had that same chemistry with the team as a whole. I think they definitely had more ambitions last year where Tobias Harris was clicking after the trade and Jimmy Butler the same. And now with, you know, Harris being the one that the team committed to and not looking as great. And meanwhile... Jimmy Butler is in greener pastures now playing better with the Heat. I love I love Jimmy on the Heat. I yeah. love that pairing. And I think Embiid actually would fit really well in Miami, as Jimmy Butler said. Literally, Jimmy Butler said he knows a place where villains are welcome. And not to make Vi- Miami seem villainous, you know, I love D-Wade, but when LeBron chose to go to South Beach, there wasn't a more hated team than that Miami Heat team. Everyone rooting against them when they went to four straight championships. And the way that Warriors fans have been treated the past couple years is how Heat fans were treated at the beginning of last decade. So I think Butler is actually 100% correct in that Miami is where, you know, players that aren't, you know, generally liked, we'll say, by the entire NBA community or, you know, see a lot of hate come their way, do things their own way, and don't really care what people think, etc., Embiid fits right into that category, and if Butler has been so welcome here in Miami and is doing so well, they're another team that we didn't even mention uh, as a true contender to win the finals, then Embiid as that five, you know, a position that they, in my opinion, have been kind of lacking, Bam Adebayo making a case for most improved player, but at the same time, you could pair Embiid with Adebayo and have both of them stretch the floor a little bit despite both being true centers. That would be a team I'd love to watch, especially with Tyler Harrow coming up and Kendrick Nunn and 
all of these additions, Andre Iguodala now signed there. So, you know, the more I think about it, if you add Joel Embiid to that Heat team, you could see, you know, potentially the Eastern Conference's best team. You know, maybe the Bucks are still better, but that would be a very interesting series to watch as well. So, do you, do you think it's possible we see an Embiid trade this summer, or is that too soon? Because obviously the trade deadline. I don't think passed. it's. I don't think it's ever too soon. I think this stuff yeah. happens so quickly You're right. and, we were and saying that, earlier. that there's never a timetable on it. Now, nowadays, we hear any word. We were already getting worried about a Carl Anthony Towns trade before yeah. the D'Lo trade could even happen. Right. That's how this is going, and this is the speed and the rate that it goes at. I don't know. I think we could be seeing that happen, and I think we could see the Heat bank big on it, too. Yeah, but uh, at least from the Sixers' perspective, when you just had Tobias Harris sign a long-term extension, I believe they have one set up for Sims as well. You're committing to a core, you know, and you're putting yourself over the salary cap. You're paying the luxury tax, and you're making do because you think this is the team that is going to give you the most success. And remember, they just got Josh Richardson out of the Heat last year, trading uh, Jimmy Butler there. So there's a chance they could find another player that they like. But I think Embiid's value, obviously a lot of questions around him, but when he plays at his full potential... His value is through the roof. So I, I don't know what Elton Brand could end up asking for. I don't know what the Heat could end up giving the Sixers for him. But again, that's what's made this league so excited, exciting, excuse me, is you never know what to expect. You don't know where uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to end up or the fact that he got Paul George to be traded to, to, to LA, excuse me, alongside him. And then KD and Kyrie, et cetera. We can go on and on about last offseason. I don't even know what to expect in 2020. So, yeah, Embiid moving could be a part of that. We'll have to wait and see. But I believe we're now on to your final quote of the day. And if I remember correctly, this is going to be a baseball one. Is that yep. right? All right. I'm interested to see what you've got. All right. No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Blank is responsible <laughs> for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Blank. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. I will definitely give this one quote of the show or quote of the week or whatever you want to call that award. This is Trevor Bauer, uh, the Reds ace right now, Mm -hmm. talking about Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB. Yeah. And can you walk me through this proposal again? I kind of just, you know, didn't even consider it to be a real thing when I read it the first time where... Uh, actually, here, I'll, I'll try to recite it, and you can tell me if I'm right. Mm-hmm. I think 16 teams would make it. It would be a similar, you know, eight-at-side bracket like the NBA has. And each division winner would get to, like, pick who they want to play. Or, like, the two teams of the bye week would get to pick who they want to play um, on live TV or something. Isn't that – it's something like that. Yeah, it's it's. There's, there's definitely a live TV like aspect. A, yeah, I believe what it is is that there would be – 14 playoff 14. teams, okay. and then the bottom, however many, would play against each other. Okay. And then from the – I don't know if it's from the rem, the remaining ones that won, the rest of the teams would get to pick who they play. I'm calling it up because I am really Would get to pick now. the wild card teams. I'm pretty sure that it's something like that. I think you're right. I don't, I, I don't see 14 teams, but it makes sense if that's true because it says – the team with the best record in each league would have received a bye to avoid the wild card round. Two other division winners and the wild card with the next best res- record, excuse me, would host all three games in a best of three. Wow, wow, all three games. So the bottom three wild cards would have no first round home games. That's ridiculous. Jeez, uh, that's crazy. Okay, and you're yeah. right, it is 14, so that would be mm-hmm. seven aside. And then the reality TV aspect, like they're saying, is that that team with the bye week would pick their most favorable matchup, you know, from the wild card Which is stupid. Which is stupid. I just see this as another way. Yankees have a great season ahead of them. I see this as another way that we get screwed over in the playoffs (laughs) because of some stupid new ruling. It's something that I had to deal with with the Knicks in the draft. Stupid new ruling. Now we lose out on getting Zion any other year that we most likely would have had. This is stupid. I hate this. 
This is so, so dumb. In a sport that is all about tradition, we don't need to be doing this type of stuff. No, not at all. Uh, Do this in the NBA. This would be yeah, awesome in the NBA. Really, that's because that's where the NBA is like the soap opera of sports, and I love it. Like, you you live for that drama as a NBA fan. You, you live to see the Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons beef. And, you know, when Jimmy Butler was beefing with the Timberwolves way back when, and we got to see all the Woj tweets about... <laughs> you know what he was doing with third stringers against the other starters in practice. It's it's that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, I, I just this proposal wouldn't be put into place until 2022 if it was even approved. So at least the Yankees would have two years without worrying about it. But I, I think based on the initial reaction, we have nothing to worry about. And we shouldn't expect this to ever become a real thing. But at the same time, who knows? I, I don't really think I'm a fan of Rob Manfred. I just don't think the MLB has had the best commissioners recently, and they need their own Adam Silver. They need a guy who, while he might move towards modernizing the league a little bit, he also understands the sport and what the fans want, and this isn't that. This isn't it. This just is not it, Chief. This is not it. Not a fan of that at all. So I'm looking for my final quote. I know what topic I have. Let me see if I can find one I like. Um... It will also be about the MLB because there was definitely one big event that went down before this weird news. But let me see. Um, huh. I, these are mostly reactions to it itself, and I'd rather have the player. Um, let's see. How about let's let's do uh, a new idea instead, a new a new quiz idea because. I'm not liking these quotes. And I literally have a list of quotes ahead of, in front of me. But I want you to, as closely as possible, tell me who was traded in the Red Sox-Dodgers blockbuster. The Red Sox-Dodgers? Uh, okay. So we have Mookie going to the Dodgers. Correct. And then Jeter Downs to the Red Sox as well as... Ah, shoot. Well, there's one more player on there's the Red more... Sox side going to the Dodgers. Oh, okay. That's that one I... David Price. There you go. And then let's see if you can uh, get these others because they're that. I, I knew. I just really remember Jeter Downs. Um, well, of course. I mean, yeah. that's Jeter to the Red Sox. Exactly. Who would have yeah. thought? I want to see if you can get the like the number one prospect of the Red Sox return. He's going to be an outfielder. Yeah, I know. He played a little bit for the Dodgers last year, but I wouldn't have expected you to have seen him before. I know. If I give you your, the first name, you think maybe, you get the last name? Maybe. First name, Alex. Alex. Nah, it, I'm I'm still impressed, especially with the Jeter down shout. It's uh Alex Verdugo. Okay. And we're gonna have to get to know him because he looks very good. But as a whole, I just want to give my reaction to the Mookie Betts trade quickly. And this is coming from a Yankees fan perspective. Red Sox fans, calm down. It is not that bad. In fact, it's not bad at all. I think this is the move that they had to make. Their championship window had passed. They have been locked down with a ton of bad contracts that they had made, you know. You, what's the the classic saying? You, you make your own bed, now you have to sleep in it or yeah, something no, like I, that. I'm all for this move for the Red Sox. I they think it's they good. worked themselves into a bad salary situation. Yeah. And Mookie Betts was going to probably leave regardless yep. the season after. They're capitalizing on his value. They're dumping half of David Price's terrible contract with him. And while, yes, they still have to pay for the second half of it, that is so much better than paying for all of it and not really getting any value out of David Price anyway from your own rotation. Instead, we'll see what he can do with the Dodgers. Maybe they can fix him. And meanwhile, Alex Verdugo is a stud in the outfield. Jeter Downs, I don't really know too much about you know, how well he's going to pan out, but another excellent prospect people are calling him. So we'll have to see that. And his name is Jeter, and he's playing for the Red Sox. I think Could be fun. It That's feels fun. like destin, it's fun. Like destiny that a Jeter will be yeah. good it's, for the Red Sox It's going now. to be Jeter Downs gets the last <laughs> save in the game against the Yankees. <laughs> Absolutely kills us in the playoffs, that, and we that lose. Like, that is coming down. Yeah. That is coming soon. Yeah, that is no so coming soon. Yeah. So we'll close the show out tonight, like we usually do, with some bachelor talk. I wasn't around for the start of last night's episode, but I ended up catching the rest of it. I was doing a group project, but Jack, let me hear your thoughts about all the drama from our favorite sport, The Bachelor. All right. So Pete is literally chopping girls off right now. First, we had, what's her name? <laughs> Natasha? Natasha. Natasha. Natasha go home. Yeah. Natasha gets sent home. That was never going to work out. Natasha she was, was a friend. She was the plug-in that 
you keep around because she gives you the dirt on the house yeah. and you get to know what's really going down. She never seemed that into him either. Yeah, that's the thing. They never are. They never are. They give the dirt. I don't know they why don't... she signed up for the show. Well, it's because you literally, every time you hang with Peter or whoever the bachelor is, you're just dishing on everyone else and yeah. talking about how everything else is making you feel, never working on your relationship. Right. So you maintain a friend relationship. So she was gone. No, no big deal. Uh, Madison got a rose on a lock date. Yeah, she's a lock right now. A she lock. is just 100% a Peter, lock. Peter, I believe, said he was falling for her. So it, He did, and he is smart because we endorsed her. But That's right. More to be seen on that. I'll, get to, I'll touch on that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had uh, Kelsey on yep. a date get a rose. Kelsey kind of came around. She's still not fantastic. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan, but she's a lot better personality-wise than she had been at the start of this. Definitely, I think definitely. she is here for the right reasons. Yeah. She really does like Peter. I'm okay with her being there now. Uh, then we get to the three-on-one where two girls will stay, one leaves between Hannah Ann, Kelly, and Victoria F. Yep. So this was heated. This was very intense. It seemed like Victoria F. should have went home. She kind of freaked out. She showed no real... She's never able to have a full conversation never. with Peter. She it sounds like a toddler complaining it's, it's to her It's toxic. Dad. It doesn't sound good. And everyone thought Hannah Ann and Kelly were locks yeah. and. You know, Peter goes to bring Victoria F. over to the limo to yeah. send her home, it looks like, but brings a rose, and all of a sudden he's like, you're staying. Yep. So super He likes weird. the challenge. He loves the chase. He, li- he likes the chase. Uh, and, and now we get thrown into this weird conflict between, oh, my God, Hannah Ann or Kelly are going home, and both of them should be locks. What yep. is going on? And he picks Hannah Ann. Honestly, kind of understand the Kelly getting sent home to an extent. Yeah. I guess he just wasn't necessarily feeling it. It always seemed a bit more like a friendship. She never type followed thing. up with, you know, the spark at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, like she didn't live exactly. up to expectations. Exactly. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's the way it goes. Uh, she, Kelly will be all right. She was too mature for the show. She was. <laughs> she was. And I don't even know if we'll see her around on Paradise. Or I don't. I wouldn't expect it. Exactly. Well, I think to be fair, Bachelorette, she could might, be she Bachelorette. Could be like a, well, that would be interesting. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of that pick. I don't think but so either. she could end up becoming a sucker for the fame. Like, I, I don't think yeah. she's there yet. That's fair. But if, you know, she's working her attorney job and she's like, I was just on The Bachelor, you know, for a couple of months. People know my name. I'm going to go back on Paradise. You know, I'm going to use this again. I'm sure she'll get the offer, you know, the you know chance to do that. I think she'd probably take that opportunity. But as of right now, she said something about Peter just, I guess, guessing, I'll say, what Peter wanted was a younger partner. You know, like just a <laughs> I don't know if she, uh, she called the other girls babies or what. But to be fair, you know, Peter basically picked four finalists that are like 21 to 23. It's a young crowd for a guy who's closer to 30 than 20. I think uh, interesting picks, but I, I get it, I guess. Like, so, I, I don't really know. But then we have this last little tidbit of information. Yeah, go, go for Coming the, out yeah. this week, or uh, literally after Bachelor Today, yep. was that there could be some speculation. So basically a fan said, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. what if Pete actually picks no one? And based upon some of the end credit type hype up previews for the next coming weeks there's something big coming and we don't know what it doesn't seem like there's anything big enough between the contestants for it to warrant this response there's something that peter and chris harrison get told and peter freaks out yeah so someone thought what if peter falls for a producer on the show and this would make sense because peter was around for hannah b's season he could have met a producer through bachelor events through the season and this would also lend to so many uh group dates being canceled so many outside things happening so right. so many extra things this season that seem weird that if they're revealed to us you know would be kind of interesting so yeah this remains to be seen uh, another thing was that a producer or someone on the show said they could neither confirm nor deny wow. that statement Interesting. Which in itself lends you. Why wouldn't they just deny it? You know. Well, it add. Uh, okay. I, I mean, it adds suspense. This could build up something yeah. that the producers would like. Anyway. Even if it's a completely like out of the blue, like super far off theory, and it's super wrong, they wouldn't outright deny it because it's more speculation and more reason to watch. Because now there's a group of fans who are thinking. What if Peter doesn't pick anyone and falls for a producer instead? And now you're watching for those details, even if they're just reading in like between the lines, you know, and 
putting this new spin on it that doesn't actually exist. But I, I think it's still possible, like you said, because of some evidence in there. Uh, I'd just be shocked because there's clearly someone that Peter's mom wants to be brought home. You know, there's that scene that's been shown in every single teaser at the end of each episode of her crying and saying, bring her home, bring her home. Um, and I don't think that's the producer. You know what I mean? I think there is somebody that Peter is more drawn to than the rest. And I do think it's Madison. Well, and unless think, behind all of this, Peter has this relationship with a producer that he's been able to bring home to the family, I, that he's been able to keep under wraps. That's crazy, though. But, I mean, I guess it's possible, and that's why you wouldn't deny And it's only possible know? in the context of this show, you know? Yeah, because the show has become... And it takes place yeah. in his hometown. Yeah. His hometown is essentially where they're living. That's why he was able to bring Madison. That's crazy. I didn't think about that. So, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. It keeps me intrigued. I was kind of losing some faith in the show throughout this season. There's been ups and downs that I wasn't crazy about. But this has me intrigued. Yeah. I think it's enough to stay till the end. And we'll see. And best part about it is if that happens, we have some pretty solid Bachelorette contestants between Madison and Hannah. Oh, I would. If neither of them yeah. gets picked. Definitely watch either of their seasons. Yeah. I don't really know who I else think Madison might watch. get it if yeah. she loses out. But then we could, because another thing was revealed in the preview for next week that Madison has been saving herself for marriage. So we'd have basically the bachelorette version of Colton season. Which and Colton season was good. I, I think Colton season could have actually been better than Peter's. I was about to say, I thought Peter's going to be a much better bachelor. And he has been great. Been he's, worse. he's kind yeah. of fumbled a lot through yeah. this. But yeah, it injury, makes sense yeah. because uh, if he is all in on it, this producer, like you can be on this show and you know, that's what we're going to get real sentimental here to end the show. Wow. But that's what love is. There if you, you end up falling in love with the right person and no one else around you, but you're stuck in this situation, let nice. love live. It's not TV. Love is real. And you know what? Perfect Valentine's Day end to our show. <laughs> love is real. Love is in the air. And Peter could very much be falling for, you know, the woman of his dreams. And we can't hold him back for that or make him feel bad about that. It's, He's got to yeah. follow the real, the real deal here. It's certainly possible. And we wish nothing but the best for Peter, regardless of who he ends up with, whether it's a producer, a, uh, a contestant, or... Uh, also, if Madison loses and gets Bachelorette, we dude, officially oh, endorse the Bachelorette. Oh, 100%. Which is awesome. So, She'll be on the show at some point, hopefully. For but, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this has been a nice long episode here. We covered... Pretty much everything important from the past two weeks of sports. Uh, sorry we didn't get a full Super Bowl episode. We had a lot of fun at the Duke game, though, and I think that was a good use of our time, you know, when we couldn't make it here to yeah. the studio. So awesome. we will have this uploaded as soon as possible, and we'll be back here next week to get you some more senior quotes. All right, guys. See you soon. Later. Touching hands.